Welcome back to the Collegiate Cast. We have a very special episode today. We have our college episode. My name's Elise. I'm a senior. Um, by the time I graduate in May, I will have 68 college credits, and I'm going to Baylor University. Hi, my name is Hannah. Um, I'm a freshman. By the end of this year, I'll have seven college credits, and um, I plan on staying at TCC. We have very special guests today, Miss Haney and Miss McCormick. So, if y'all would like to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about y'all. Okay, um, I'm Jody McCormick. I'm the College and Career Readiness Coordinator at Collegiate Academy. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yes. I graduated from Abilene Christian in 1996, um, and my major there, what I graduated with was an education and reading degree. What I started out as was a journalism major, and I worked for the paper that was The Optimist, and I, I am switched because I'm, I wasn't around people enough. Like I, I'm kind of an extrovert, and I like being around people. So after that, I keep turning to education as my solution for any time I get a little lonely or bored or dissatisfied with life. So I also went to UT Arlington, and I have a bachelor's and a master's in English from UT Arlington. And then, um, and then I also, after that, I had the best librarian at HMS. Her name was Donna Rayburn, so I decided to be a librarian. So I also have a librarian certification, which is 30 hours. So I really do believe in education. It's been wonderful. I think by the time I finish now, I will have... I have 250 college hours, oh my goodness. which is a wow. lot because I have, I changed my major kind of late and then I took 18 hours of time and that's all I think. Hi, I'm Christina Haney. I'm the TSI coordinator and pathways instructor and English instructor. And I graduated in 1996 from University of Texas at Arlington with an English major and a minor in education. And originally, I started out in the journalism department because I had always dreamed of being a reporter. And I was doing pretty well toward that career track in my classes. But one day I was sitting in class and this professor, he had offered me a job working for the Star-Telegram where he was a reporter. Uh, but he also that day talked in class about the kind of personality you needed to be a good reporter. And up to that point, I had only been actually writing um, news uh, in a classroom environment. They sent me out for the uh, UTA Shorthorn newspaper to cover a fraternity party as my first assignment. And I was so scared to talk to any of the guys at this fraternity party that I walked back uh, to, to the newspaper office and just told them, nothing really happened, there's no story today. And I just realized I didn't have the personality at that point in my life because unlike Ms. McCormick, I was introverted and I um, had always wanted to be a teacher. And so I went to my father that day and I said, Dad, I know you told me to do something where I will make money, but I've had this calling to be a teacher all my life. And I realized newspaper reporting is not for me. And so I switched to an English major um, that week when I talked to him. Um, I also have a master's degree uh, from UNT, and uh, that is in library and information science. And originally, I, I started UNT, and I was just taking English uh, classes at the master's level for fun, just because I enjoy it. And then I decided to uh, get a degree in library and information science. And I uh, use those skills every day in teaching, although I have not worked in a library. That's very interesting. That's very cool to hear. Both of y'all were 
on similar pathways and ended up working for the same school. That's kind of kind of cool. Okay, we're going to get started with some fun facts about college that y'all may or may not have heard on, heard about. Hannah, if you want to get us started. Oh, yeah, sure. So, um, this is actually pretty funny. In 1996, Kermit the Frog gave a commencement address at Southampton College, and it had a lot of, like, fun references to his childhood. Like, he talked about being a tadpole in the swamp when he was a younger kid and like being on Sesame Street and stuff. It was pretty it was pretty fun. Another fact that I have is Rice University actually has a puppy room dedicated to pet therapy for students during finals. So it definitely is a stress reliever filled with a lot of adorableness. Yeah. I remember one year here for finals, they had all these therapy dogs come and we just sat there for like I don't know, an hour, maybe two. And we just sat there and pet the dogs. And it was so much fun and so nice and calming. And then we had to go take our finals. That was a real, that was a real Debbie Downer right there. <laughs> and then um, one, more, one more little fact I have is that um, more women actually go to college than men. Um, I did some research on this. About 775,000 men enroll a year. That is a little, it's a little tad smaller than the 1.6 million women that enroll in the year. That's crazy. We're all one of those women. That's pretty cool, too. (laughs) Do y'all have any fun facts about your own respective colleges or rumors, pranks, anything you may have heard about that is legal to speak of now? Um, Well, when I was there, the school was very much, they, at the time, they didn't have the dorms that they have now. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of people that went there when I went there were commuters. We lived at home, as I did. But the one thing is, is that you could go to faculty members, sort of like we do here with Collegiate Academy, and start clubs. And so we uh, had this creative writing class. It was called Poetry for Poets that I took for my English major as an elective. And the professor was a, a really awesome professor, just fun and the class was very passionate. Uh, the newspaper would come to listen to our poetry readings each week in class and wrote an article about how two of the guys kind of, um, they, they didn't have, they, they had a verbal argument that was very dramatic. And wow. so it was sort of a scandal of the week in the <laughs> newspaper. But what was great is that professor started a club and we, we had a poetry reading club, and this was when, in this area, poetry readings at different clubs and uh, bookstores. There were a lot of independent bookstores back before it was just Barnes & Noble. <laughs> um, and so we would go out and do poetry readings, and that was really neat. It just reminded me of what we tried to do here at Collegiate, how we would start clubs with faculty sponsorship. That is interesting. We're going to switch it up a little, and we're going to go more towards our educational part, and we want to ask y'all, like, a bunch of questions um that I personally have had throughout my college application process as well as I know Hannah's starting to get into it so just getting into it so with our first question how when would you suggest the best time to start your college processes I would just say definitely freshman year you want to go to the the college fairs that GCISD offers but also the college fairs here on TCC's campus just to interact start making contacts with admissions reps and asking questions Um, there are websites such as the college board big future website they have a great college search tool where you can go in and say 
what zip code would you like your college to be in? You could say, I would like to be within 500 miles of the 76051 zip code, which is grapevine, so that I'm close to my family. Um, you can you can say I need the lacrosse team if that's what you need, uh, fraternities, sororities, um, certain specific majors, and then the college board search engine will pair you up with colleges that match those um, the criteria you've established. And so I think that's a great place to start, just finding out what's out there, but then starting to make those contacts through college fairs. And you don't have to decide everything right away, but it's just exploring what options are out there. So ninth grade, I think it would be key ninth grade and 10th grade to have a list of about five, five colleges that interest you and that offer the program you would like, and then look at what those colleges require so that as you're making choices about the classes you are taking, what clubs and activities you're being involved in, you'll, you'll have a mindset where you might pick things that'll be more advantageous to you to get into those schools on your list. I would say um, all of the teachers here are very helpful with uh, talking about their college experience, and everyone um, had a different college or different experiences, um, and, and so I would just encourage you to talk to your teachers, definitely your Pathways teachers, but also your other teachers. Just where did you go? Why did you pick that school? What was important to you? And ask about um, their college stories. And speaking on, like, on stories and such like did y'all get scholarships or financial aid from the respective colleges that y'all went to for me at abilene christian i did get um some leadership scholarships but um unfortunately they did not cover being a private school it did not cover a significant portion so i took out uh, student loans for a majority of that which i paid off after graduation and it, it took a little time i've talked about that a little bit in senior pathways how I think it's a really good idea to pick a college where you don't have to take out significant loans. However, I broke my own rule when I was 18 and took out a lot of college debt, and it turned out to be fine. You just have to be committed to paying it back. I will say I talk about this in Pathways, uh, but we made a mistake in my family. I was the first uh, of the kids in my family to go to college, and um, when I was younger, we really didn't have much money. But as I got older, my dad had some promotions and he started making more money. And when it came time to fill out the FAFSA for UTA, my dad said, don't bother. You won't qualify for anything. I just make just slightly too much money. But I have this distinct feeling we would have received some, some assistance. Um, and I'm certain I would have earned some scholarships because when I was at UTA, the UTA-specific scholarships, you had to put in a FAFSA to be considered for them. And so my father said, don't do it, and we just didn't know. And there, you know, there wasn't the Internet um, to research everything. And, and so I just didn't do it. And I lived at home, and my father um, worked some overtime, and I worked. And fortunately, I left with no debt because I chose to live at home to yeah. save money. Um, but if I had it to do over again, I would have filled out that fast foot because I could have saved myself some hours of work and possibly my father as well. Um, with scholarships. Yeah. So FAFSA is now required yes. um, by yep. the state of Texas. And um, also every year at Collegiate, we do a, a FAFSA workshop in English and Spanish to help overcome the um, fear, I guess, and the unknown of filling out so much personal information, which it does require a lot of that. There's also TASPA, which is for students who are not, uh, who are just legal residents. 
maybe they don't have their U.S. citizenship, they can still qualify for financial aid through uh, Texas. Texas has a fund. That that's interesting, have. yeah. And I would, I would love to say that uh, I think that's partly why it's my passion to help students find as much money as mm-hmm. possible for schools. And so, you know, you just need to know there's merit aid out there. Your family may not financially, uh, may not be what they call uh, needs-based, that, you know, but you can earn uh, scholarships and merit scholars, uh, merit scholarships from schools. UTA gives out merit scholarships based on SAT scores, and we've had several coll- uh, collegiate graduates earn those scholarships, and they renew every year as long as you maintain good grades and academic right. standing. And so um, if you have any questions about financing college, please come see me because I would love to help you with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you think that based on the, if you had been given money from a different college, for example, Miss Handy, if you had been given money, for example, from UNT and like that scholarship from UNT, would that have changed your decision in going to UTA? I really liked what UTA had to offer. Uh, I knew some people who had gone there. My aunt graduated from there and my uncle. So I thought very highly of this school. Um, but I, I might have had some other options, though, if I knew they were affordable. One thing I think with my story also is that I want people to know that the sticker price of a school, when you look on their website and they say cost of attendance per year is this, there are very few families that pay the full sticker price because uh, many families qualify for uh, financial assistance, but also many families quali- uh, many students qualify for merit aid. And so please don't ever take a school, just learn from my (laughs) example, don't take schools off your list just because the sticker price um, seems too high. Makes sense. I definitely, I got some scholarships from Baylor that I'm planning on taking advantage of, but I definitely want to look for for more scholarships within Baylor and then also like outside for like within like the websites and the grants that are offered everywhere. So I think that's like it's a good opportunity, especially being a senior and having all this time right now. We're able to look for someone for so many scholarships and we're able to like take that time and like really write out our essays and get like good responses out of the questions that we have. So like in college and stuff, or like grocery shopping and stuff, or like if you guys lived like any dorm life or anything, what did y'all do for like self-care, grocery shopping, anything like that? As I said, I lived at home to save money. Um, I would say if you choose to live at home, make sure you get involved in some extracurricular activities because then you'll have that bonding time with uh, the people on your campus and the professors that sponsor the clubs and and things that you join. So I highly recommend that. I do have some dorm experience actually as an adult because I have studied with the National Endowment for Humanities and I've stayed in the dorms at uh, American University and Amherst College. About this, you, you, I think it was like our freshman year. You were going either that summer or that following year or something. Yeah, you were really excited. It about was a it. great experience. Yeah. And one thing, I, I, I was, I was really glad to have it for the learning, but also just seeing what dorm life was like because we teachers were all housed together in dorms. And what we did to save um, cost is we, uh, we. <laughs> One of us would buy the detergent to wash our clothes. One of us would buy the water bottles we wanted. One of us would buy, you know, uh, an iron. Someone bought it, bought an iron because when we traveled, a lot of us just forgot to bring that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And so we uh, did a Target run, and everybody bought some things, and we just had this network of people who we knew to go to to share. 
um, as a teacher, I, I'm on um, some different social media groups uh, to share about co- saving money on college. And one thing I could say is that there is a group uh, almost at every university of parents on Facebook. So UNT has one, UNT parents, and they all help one another. The parents help one another help their students. And so there are times where uh, a student needs to come home, but they don't have a car. And so yeah. they kind of network with one another. They get they see each other outside of social media right. so that they are comfortable with one another. But there are times where the students partner up and drive home to save money on the holidays. And, and so if you happen to know someone going to the school you're going to, it would be really good to stay in touch with them and network with them because you might be able to ride share um, home mm-hmm. for the holidays, et cetera. For like... Students who plan on going living in dorms and stuff. Do you have any like advice on like what you could what you should spend more or less on for like essentials that you need? A lot of dorms right now come with refrigerators, which is just funny to me. Like we've been looking and a lot of the dorms have built in mini fridges in them. If not, that can help you save money and be a nice place for late night snacks. I would say, um, I've been on TikTok. <laughs> There's like a holy college TikTok. And um they say keep it as simple as possible. Like take only, you know, like maybe one, like a bedding and, and a change of sheets and then that's all. Or just maybe even just one thing of sheets that you wash every two weeks because you really, you know, the space is so limited in the right, dorm rooms. Yeah. And like you might only want to take two sweatshirts or like one sweatshirt. You want to pare it down to, you know, it's really trendy right now, the tiny house. Yes. The tiny house. If you pretend like you're moving into a tiny house and fit everything like into a few suitcases, I think it could be helpful. Yeah. And just um, going back to what we were talking about, groceries and like living minimalistically, how would you suggest, because I've noticed a lot and like I've gone down my rabbit hole of like watching college videos on YouTube and whatnot. And I've seen a lot of them when they do groceries, they buy a lot of like fast like junk food and like chips and they aren't really focusing on like health because it's like cheaper to buy. Would y'all have any advice on how to like how to stay on like the healthier side and like not get stuck in that hole of like oh but it's cheaper so it's easier to buy? I know um, most of the dorms that I have stayed in or dorms I've helped other students research, they often have shared kitchens. And one thing that I've learned um, through going through there are forums where people talk and rate the dorms in this the lifestyle inside the dorms. The, the dorms that have communal kitchens often have cookware, uh, stove, everything that you need, and then the residents in that part of the dorm, sh- you know, sharing that communal kitchen, they all get together and decide what to make, like they make menus sometimes. Uh, not all of them, but some right, do. Yeah. And, and so I think that would be a, a really good way is kind of make it a social event and uh, that, you know, we're all just going to Someone's going to get the salad ingredients and, and someone else is going to get the pasta or chicken or whatever you're making. Um, and I think that could be a, a good way to, to stay healthy is kind of make it a social event. For me, it was harder to stay healthy when I was a freshman because I wouldn't budget my time wisely. And so I would be up at 2 or 3 in the morning furiously typing a paper that was due and that requires energy, and yeah. what you're going to reach for at 1.30 in the morning is not healthy. So I think <laughs> I would say budget your time wisely. Don't overload on caffeine. Set normal hours, and I might even say, like, make a rule that you're not going to eat past 
11 at night, like maybe from like 11 till in the morning, you're just gonna, I think right, that, yeah. that would have helped me a lot because we stayed up and um, we did, we, ha- we developed unhealthy habits in the early morning hours. When I came back from school my sophomore year, I had put myself more on a schedule and I joined a gym and it was just a lot easier. I would go to bed every night at midnight instead of being up till three and I just budgeted my time better, which just kind of puts you in a healthier mindset. That makes sense. Uh, living at home, I I um, had my mom always cooking. And yeah. so, you know, sometimes uh, if I was stressed out, I might want to have a little extra cake or something. And I actually, at that time, uh, started going to a gym. Uh, and UTA has a g- great gym. And so that actually helped, uh, helped me right. keep healthy. And I could meet up uh, with other students at the gym and spend some time with them. Yeah. And then... What does the college process look like now? Like, what does that look like from a teacher standpoint, helping a student? So the way that we did it this year, I took lots of advice from Miss Haney. Miss Haney is the college guru, and this was my first real year in the role. So I kind of designed it based off advice that she had given me. So the idea is that you would have your um, letters of <coughs> reference and your essays and your brag sheet ready going into your senior year, and that pretty much in the first few months of the school year, you knock out your application and your FAFSA because basically what it's like is playing tennis. If you can imagine playing tennis. So that's your first hit over the net. And then the college will send the stuff back. Oh, you forgot to submit your transcript via parchment. Oh, you need to submit your um, TCC transcript. Um, We need you to fill this out. So they'll hit it back to you. And then you read and respond and hit those things back. And then they might say, okay, you've been accepted. Um, This is the deadline for scholarships. Um, One thing that's really important is to get those applications in early because the sooner you get in, the more pool of money that there is for them to award. And I believe, though I don't have any statistics to back it up, it's actually easier to get accepted the quicker you go because colleges can can fill up just in general they there's only so much room so um, I would say start that process early now um, I'm sure that there are some nuance and things that you would add to that right um, I cannot stress enough that I I do really believe it's important that uh, spring semester of junior year going into summer you really polish your college essay and feel good about what you have the Apply Texas app and the Common app open in the summer um, while we're out on vacation. And so that is a time where you're not in college classes and you don't have the pressures of, uh, of trying to keep up with deadlines, midterms, et cetera. And so you can really spend some time and get those pieces polished so that when the school year starts up in your senior year, you're busy with your senior college classes, you know you have those key points that can stress some students out already ready to go. And then it's just a matter, like Ms. McCormick said, of it, you know the, the little details, like, okay, send that transcript, send that thing. We have a question about this from your FAFSA. Those little things you can handle while you're doing all of your senior college things. So I really stress that. Um, the other thing that I'd like to say is know your deadlines, double check all of your deadlines. There are some great scholarships for early college high school students out there. And the only thing you have to do to qualify, like uh, there is the one, there was one at UNT, you just had to apply through Apply Texas, the Emerald, I believe is the Emerald Scholars Program. 
through Apply Texas by a specific date and have your FAFSA submitted successfully by a specific date and indicate that you're an early college high school student and they would consider you for it. But some students say, well, the deadline isn't until much later in March, so I'll just wait. But if you wait till March, you would miss out on this opportunity for a scholarship. So you want to know the deadlines um, for financial aid, which can be separate from the deadlines for admissions and even the deadline for the final FAFSA to be submitted in June. Solid, solid advice. What is your hot take on friendships, relationships, your social circle in college? How would, how would one go about it? to get the most benefits from having that friendship, keeping that connection even once you graduate. One thing that's really important as a freshman going in is to attend everything. Everything that the college has, everything you get invited to, even if you're kind of just wanting a moment to just chill out by yourself, like go with your roommate to the cafeteria. Go do volleyball with your friends. Go there, you, you know, like take advantage of movie night at the university. I would say develop, that would help you develop friendships the, the best and the strongest way. I know when I was in school, I stayed home and lots of my friends went um, out of state or just away. And so the first semester, they were coming home on weekends, and I was visiting with them, and we were uh, maintaining contact. But as they became more enmeshed in their university and dorm life, they didn't come home as much, or we did, our schedules didn't align when they were home. And so I just realized a little bit later that I needed to get more involved in my own new college. And so um, I would say don't be afraid of making new friends. It's, you're not doing a disservice to your prior friends. They're still your friends. Um, but, you know, you will meet new people and just keep your mind open to uh, forming new friendships. And then just what piece of advice do you wish that you may have had going into freshman year or something that you'd like to tell us as incoming college freshmen? The big thing for me is don't be afraid to admit you don't know what you're doing. And I, I was afraid, and I've set, talked about this in Pathways, and it is something I feel very passionate about. But when I was younger, I, I've told you I was introverted. I was scared to go to the math lab to get tutoring for math because I thought I should just already know it and that I didn't want to admit that I didn't. And so I struggled in college math until I figured out how to ask for help when needed. And there are so many wonderful people on that campus who um, were willing to help me and did once I was brave enough to speak up. Uh, I really don't think our collegiate kids, when they leave, have much trouble with that. But just remember, when you're in a new environment, just as you find many wonderful people here at TCC to help you, there are wonderful people at whatever college you go to, Baylor, continue on in TCC with one of their career programs. That People are here to help you um, no matter what college you go to. So don't be afraid to look for the helpers. I would say to embrace it. I think what we do in America with four-year colleges and universities is amazing. I think it's a great jumping off point for students who are transforming from, you know, like young adults to adults. And I would say embrace everything about it, even when it feels awkward or you're not sure or you get a failing grade. If you shy away from the fear or the shame, if you feel shame from that and it can be difficult to learn from it when really you can be like, okay, well, I just made a 50 on a math test. Okay, yes, that is not what I wanted, but now I'm going to have to think about ways to problem solve around it. And I'm going to um, 
go to agree with Miss Haney and say that that is something that you guys learn here as high schoolers, and I think that's really valuable and speaks to your wisdom for coming here. I really like that advice. It's definitely something I'm going to take with me when I go to college because I know I definitely have trouble asking for help. I think I can do it all, and I always know the right answer. And so knowing that, like, there are people out there that are always ready to help you is nice. It's like a comfort, you know? It's like, it's nice to know. Okay, we're going to turn the tables a little. We're going to have a little game to play. Are you all ready? Do you want to start with our first question, Hannah? Yes. Um, So what do you think is the most common college essay that is promoted? should know this this should be in the bag so they rarely change the apply texas prompts and that actually serves us well here at collegiate academy (laughs) because i can kind of tell you you're likely to have this prompt let's start it before they announce it just in case and it's uh tell us your story tell us something unique about you that you would like us to know. And I would say here at Collegiate, that's probably the most popular prompt and the one we write the most. Final answer, Hannah, let's hear it. Is that correct? Yes, that is exactly on point. What you said, tell your story, it's exactly on point. Um, it's very, very common. Yeah, it's I also feel common. like it's the, it's the hardest essay to write. Like, yeah. It's you like always you, want, you're ready to talk about yourself. But and then you forget about yourself. Right, like, yes. You're like, every <laughs> single thing that I've done, out the window. Mind blank. The train has left. This is not happening. If I could talk very quickly about that, a misconception is that you have to have climbed Mount Everest or have you know done a world tour to have something to write about for that. You do not. You just show who you are, tell your story, what your passions are, your goals, your interests, and you will do nicely. You do not have to have a world tour of Europe to write about yourself. Um, I have seen some really great essays, and I don't know if you remember, there was a young lady who got into Yale for a short um, essay for them about, she wrote about how she loves to uh, order pizza. Uh, Yes, I remember that. And it was a brilliant essay, and so I just really want to put that out there again. Everybody in our school, everybody out there has a unique story that makes them who they are, and that prompt, all of you have something special to share. Remember the miraculous and the mundane. Though yes. it may be your everyday life, there are things about those moments that are absolutely miraculous. Here's our next question, and this one really threw me a curveball. Is memology a real course? Memology? Memology. Yeah. I believe it is because of pop culture, um, and I can see them turning anything into a course for fun. Every now and then they run these news stories about the shocking new class some university has, <laughs> so I want to say yes. Okay, going one step further, where do you think such a class would be? Where do you think this kind Berkeley of elective would take I was going to say, I think it would be Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, they so have we have some interesting courses that I've heard of in the past. Yes. Really? Okay, so our final answer is yes and Berkeley. Hannah, you want to give what? us our answer? It was Berkeley? No, no, no. I'm just saying your, your oh. final answer. Oh. Your oh. final sorry, answer. Sorry, sorry. I got all excited. <laughs> so, I was going to say. Yeah, the answer is um, it actually is. It is uh. a course um, in the University of Texas at Austin actually has very, very long list of memeology courses. Wow, I did not know. I didn't see that coming. But, you know, keep Austin weird. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Well, that wraps it up for us. Would y'all have any more advice, any last comments that you'd like to give out to our fellow students and viewers or listeners? 
Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm so glad that you guys are talking about this topic. And I would just say, keep the conversations going. Uh, Talk to your teachers about options and your interests, your questions. Reach out to us. Reach out to myself or Ms. McCormick. We would love to help you guys. And uh, thank you uh, for having us today. Yes, thank you for joining us today. That is all for our college episode today. We hope y'all enjoyed and we can't wait for y'all to hear the next one.